Hey, everybody. It's me, Maria, and this is a podcast. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to it. Uh, we don't have a name yet. We're still working on it. Please continue to bear with us. Uh, in solidarity with the writer's strike, we will not be discussing Star Wars or any other media project at this point in time um, directly. Uh, we will, however, share our support for the strikers um, and share some information and things that we know and or have heard um, to try to support the movement um, because those people's families are real and they do need our support at this time. Uh, we may cover some other fun topics along the way. Uh, welcome. And uh, I'll have my other two co-hosts introduce themselves at this time. Hi, everybody. It's Em. Uh, <laughs> uh, what a pleasure it is to be on this podcast this evening. Um, yeah, uh, I don't have much to say. Uh, introduce myself because I hope that you all know me by now. <laughs> hey, everyone. It is Kita from Kita's Black Alliance. Um, just chilling out again having a good time with the girls and yeah and we'll see what we got going on oh and if you don't know you can always check out my uh podcast keto's black alliance and you can also go on to youtube for my book two channel which is called the resistance book club and yes i am currently reading the god awful god the alphabet squadron trilogy that first book really killed me um <laughs> And I have two other surprises um, with that vlog. So just be on the lookout. And I also have Thrawn trilogies, both of those trilogies. So just always go into that channel, like, comment, subscribe, check me out. And yeah, that's it. I'm ready to get going. Yeah, I, I think the strike is important. Um, and it's not just The Rock, right? Like, I think a lot of people think of it as just, you know, the people who make movies or whatever, but writers, um, people who are close to the media, they're also impacted by this. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, it's so important. It is. Um, so it's two different things that are going on. So let's first talk about the writers. So the writers are having difficulty as always trying to match what they need to be making for the shows that they are writing for. Now, we have the actors who uh, joined because they are dealing with residuals that they are not making from the streaming. And also the AI, that is a very, very big thing because nowadays they're starting to use AIs to, um, for entertainment and for acting. So there's two different things going on. I hope they do come to a resolution, but especially for these writers, I don't understand like why is it that they are not getting paid? And especially they should be getting residuals for the credit that they have been doing, mm -hmm. even if it is on streaming services. And you would think that how Netflix, because Netflix was the first one to even started this whole thing with the streaming. So if Netflix would have sat down to figure out a way for actors and writers and whoever that's a part of the project for the amount of time that they that the uh, shows, whether it's reality shows, whether it is a movie, TV series, to figure out a way for anybody who was involved with the project to continuously keep getting paid mm -hmm. for the residuals that the amount of streaming that happens when people are coming on to stream the show. That should be a given. Now, as far as the AI, 
honey, I don't know about y'all, but y'all knew this thing was coming. <laughs> y'all knew this was coming. Yeah, but Chap GBT can't like write an episode of Star Wars. Like, no, that's just not a thing. Like, I don't want to see that. If, but, if that's where we're at, where we're at I'm out. I'm right. Out. But so say like how we how good example, uh, James Earl Jones, how they're using his voice for uh, Vader for as long as they want to use him way after he passes away. Yeah. Now that is definitely AI voice, mm-hmm. not only with his voice, but also with the computerized uh, computerized voice of using him from a younger time, not the older James L. Jones. They're using the younger. Oh. So they clearly must have found a way because I don't think James Earl Jones or whoever is a part of his estate is going to sit up there and allow Lucasfilm to take his voice for the however many years they want to use Vader and not get paid for using his voice. You get what I'm saying? Well after he is gone, his estate is going to have to make sure that they get paid for using his voice. And it's the same thing with uh, Peter Cushion, because I'm sure they got paid for when they did the whole CI, you know, uh, CGI for Rogue One. The man has been gone for 20 years, <laughs> so him being uh being talking, yeah. they had to find a way to utilize him and get paid, you know, so that way the estate can get paid. So they just need to come to an agreement. I didn't like what Bob Iger said with the Disney. I really think that he needs to stop because the same situation, and this is aside from the AI, that situation that y'all went through with Scarlett Johansson has not gone unnoticed. Let's not, let's not take it there, Bob Iger. She almost sued y'all. No, she did sue y'all. She did file a civil suit and then redacted that because y'all came to a decision. Because again, in that contract, Black Widow was not supposed to come out on Disney Plus at all. It was supposed to come out in theaters. That was within the contract. Then they try to say that it wasn't, allegedly. So they have to figure out a way where streaming, residuals, writers getting paid for the work that they are doing, Let's stop. Come to a come to an agreement. Get the solution together so that way all families and all parties can be happy and move on. Because it seemed like they get happy one day, they get to the solution, and then next thing you know, writer's strike happens again. They got to come up with something a little bit more concrete and a done deal where all parties are happy. That's it. That's all I have to say. But yeah, it's it's a very big problem. I really do hope that they come to a, a decision because this streaming thing is not going anywhere. And yeah. at the end of the day, they really are going to have to figure out what is the best way for everybody to get residuals and to get paid for the credit that they are doing. And the writers are the heart of the show. You would not, even when it comes to reality shows, they are the heart of the show and the movies is how you make the movies happen. So, yeah, I, I think that a lot of this situation is just the fruition of something that's been building for a really long time. And I think that the studios sort of concealed how much they would stand to gain from the use of AI technology. Um, 
because otherwise like these situations would have been addressed in previous contract negotiations and we wouldn't necessarily be at this place where everybody's realizing that they're incredibly screwed and i think that um it's also sort of emblematic of a, just a general sort of corporatization, like hyper unfettered capitalism that's happening, like in all industries, you know, like this is just how it's manifesting in the entertainment industry. I think we need to kind of start um, re- like I, I think we need to sort of reconceptualize how capitalism is going to work and start orienting it towards sustainability, because right now it's oriented towards growth and like mm-hmm. the everybody is like they're all like you know everybody who's in business and is making these strategic decisions their attitude is all like excuse me their attitude is all like you know we have to be focused on growth 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 year over year year over year and it's like well how about what what if instead of making you know an amount this year and three times that amount next year and then 10 times that amount the next year after that and then exploding in a ball of fire because your model is unsustainable what if you focused on sustainability and having an Mm -hmm. industry a company and a workforce that are still profitable 30 years from now 40 years from 50 years from you know Mm. like the the lack of vision uh, towards sustainability in all industries and in all profit models is i think one of the biggest issues confronting the developed world today and like confronting people that are engaging in these economic systems and and trying trying to control them and trying to harness them for their benefit like they don't realize Mm. that they're they're shooting themselves in the foot right they're not thinking about the future Exactly. And I think that like, because the whole thing is like the the constant growth model, like, I mean, not to like do like a naturalistic fallacy, but I think it behooves us to remember like uncontrolled growth in nature when it happens in nature, there's a word for it. And that word is cancer. That's what cancer is. It's like, do you really want your economic model to be cancer? (laughs) Is that what you want? Does that sound good to you? You know, I I think I think that and 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 we also can look to, you know, the history of the labor movement, you know, when we're talking about standing in solidarity with workers and and with the work of unions and solidarity and labor, you know, because because the thing is, is like there are more one of the things that we have to confront when we're living in capitalism is that some things have no price some things have no like you can't put a price tag on them you know having a certain amount of life that you can of your life like a certain number of hours of Mm. your lifetime that you can dedicate to leisure to relaxation to refilling your cup right and also like being able to work in an environment that is safe and mm-hmm. also having a having um restraints put on what kind of demands your employer can put on you on your labor and on your time those are all things without price tags and those are all rights that were won in the western world through unionizing and through organizing labor and through like understanding that there is solidarity and there's like power in solidarity and that there's always going to be like if you look at the capitalistic model it's a pyramid right so you have a few at the top and you have Mm -hmm. a large group at the bottom and so you know you can very clearly see that the thing that the workers have to their advantage is numbers and so it is by leveraging that and leveraging those numbers you know in the power of voting and you know and collective bargaining come on voting that 
that people are going to have like that, that workers are going to have enough power because right. right now, the way we've structured society is that money gives confers so much power that mm -hmm. if you, one person has a big enough pile of money, they can overrule and exploit mm. even a group of people that is a thousand, 10,000, a hundred thousand times bigger than them. Mm -hmm. Because if you're, if all of the power in society comes from simply having money, then whoever accumulates the most money can override however many other people have less money than them and i don't think that's the world that we want i think and to wrap all this up this has been a very large rant I'm sorry but like to wrap Needed. all this Needed. up <laughs> i think that you know the the fundamental what i've seen is the fundamental one of the fundamental differences between people who are more conservative or who wa want the status quo or, you know, who are resisting change or who are resisting like positive change. Um, mm -hmm. Like one of the differences between them and people who can have a more radical vision of like how the future could be better or how the world could be better is that I can't emphasize this enough. Like the whole idea of the free market, of how capitalism works, of how wealth is distributed, of how industries are regulated, all of those things, none of them are forces of nature. It's not like gravity or like the water cycle where it's like mm -hmm. just something that just happens magically, you know, and it's going to happen whether we're there or not. We chose to build the world this way, which means we can choose to make it different. You know, none of us are helpless mm -hmm. in the force of in the force of, of these of these forces, these cultural and economic forces, because they are yeah. things that were created by human beings. It's a construct. Means, yes, yes, exactly. It's all a construct, all of it. Like there's not like the free market is a construct. Money is a construct. It's all a contract, which means that if we want things to be different, we can make them different. Make it's different. not that we're powerless. Mm -hmm. Nope. Come on, somebody. Nope. Come on, all somebody. Right. I'm on the Senate floor. Okay, and I'm, and I'm clapping, okay? I suggest that new leadership is needed, okay? I'm going to move from okay. no confidence. I'm going to do But that. we also have to be, but we also have to realize that we are better, we are stronger together. We are stronger yes. as one together, you know? So keep on protesting, keep on showing up because strength in numbers there's no yeah. no other way, but yeah, no, there has to be like a final, you know, decision to this because this is getting ridiculous and it's getting out of control. And it's not helping if they have to keep protesting every few years just to get what they want. Why? <laughs> and it's taking us to a dark place. Like we want to protect the things that we love, like Star Wars. Allow those mm -hmm. individuals to not have creative uh, process hampered or impeded by these ignorant things. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's wild. And on the topic of unity, if we're good here, I'm going to move. I'm going to attempt to transition based on what Kita has said. Um, when it comes to like unifying, I don't believe I've seen a more united, uh, group of people than I saw at the Renaissance show. Okay. Okay. Now if we can get everybody together for the Renaissance show. Okay. We can do this. <laughs> we can do this. <laughs> it was it was wonderful <laughs> to see my queer fam, my black fam, my uh advocate fam, 
like my ally fam, like everybody's in the building. And if you have not seen her, if you haven't been to Renaissance, I, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you need to go. If you, if you have the resources at all, okay? If you don't have the resources, I understand. You know, I've, I've seen her before um, when I was 20 for B-Day or whatever that was uh, in my 20s. Um, but it was just the unity, the moment of unity and just holding everyone together. And, and she made some statements, you know, about unity and about what's going on with um, people of color in this country and how we're done settling. And and it's needed. It was it was a beautiful moment to to be in that stadium with other people who also believe this, that it's time. Um, so it was it was a beautiful moment. Um, if you have not been, I really suggest that you do it. And we don't need a card, okay? Just be quiet. When she says mute, just be quiet. We don't need a card to to share that information. I think at this point, everybody should know the album's been out for a year. I think at this point, everybody should have gotten a memo, okay? Um, if you'd like to see visuals from my Renaissance tour, you can do that at Blurred Girl Jedi on TikTok, um, if you're interested in that. I also Your outfits learned, are really beautiful. I, I did what I could do, It was okay? beautiful. You look great. <laughs> I did the best I could. You did. You look great. But it was hot. Yeah, you looked incredible. Thank you. It was really I, beautiful. I be trying. At my big age, I be trying. Honey, I just... Would have went in there with <laughs> just a shirt and just because I already know I'm gonna be sweating it oh, out. Oh yeah, at a concert, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I'm so glad I didn't wear a wig. I just I ponytailed mm. it, but I wore a wig to the next show, which we'll talk about us. But um, it's not a great idea if you're going to a concert this summer. Don't wear a wig. Don't be like me. All right. Don't. Do it. <laughs> It's too hot for Good a tips. Okay. It is. Mm. If you haven't gotten a selfie ring light that clips onto your phone, go buy one. Mm. They're about 12 bucks and they're rechargeable. If you don't mm. have a fan, a handheld pocket fan, not the cute Beyonce hand fan. Like that's cute for your videos, but an electric fan that's rechargeable. Mm -hmm. um, get one. Do yourself a favor and a battery pack charger. Okay. Those are some hot girl essentials for the summer. For concerts, okay? For con season, yeah. whatever you got going on. You at DreamCon, you know, you got something going on this summer. Uh, you know, those are some must items. How was uh, it to see Blue Ivy? She didn't come out. We didn't oh, get blue. Didn't? We didn't get blue in Louisville. I drove up with my best friend from a previous job, and he is amazing. I love you, Scott. If you're listening to this, I love you. Get better soon. Um, yeah, we had a great time. It was hell getting out of there, but mm -hmm. had a great time. 10 out of 10 recommend. I got a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, if I'm going to pay the money, I wanted to go to her hand directly. It doesn't need right. to go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's so many people bootlegging right now, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, let's make sure the money goes to the right place. And then she turned around and donated like 10,000 to small black business owners within mm. the last days like she's it's amazing yeah, on her black parade tour of small black business in america so i mean just amazing mm -hmm. amazing what she's trying to accomplish out here and and she's still doing it at 41 years of age i don't know how many times i screamed it out at the audience like 41 years of age like, <laughs> and she's moving, moving. Like, you know what i mean i'm just gonna say it the mic is on and your favorite singer could never I'm just going to say that. Sorry, boo-boo. Like, 
you know, like singing and moving in that dress. And, you know, and you know, she's cinched. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That whole mommy makeover that she had, honey. She was not playing any games. That liver to the side. Like you could never, J Lo could never, never. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Snatched to the gods. Sorry, honey. boo. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And she went top to bottom. No opening act. Nothing additional. Because she her. don't need it. Okay. She don't need it. And I love Michael, but Michael couldn't predict it. Right. He said a woman would never. Um. It's it's incredible to watch her career and her story unfold. Like where she's going is an incredible. I think it's even more incredible for us who have watched her grow up. Mm. That experience can never be taken away. Like these, our kids will not get that experience because right. to actually grow, be there, yeah, ground with zero, someone. And to just appreciate all of the music, you know, and appreciate how her growth mm -hmm. as a woman, becoming a mother, becoming a wife, mm -hmm. and just also giving back and Hello. taking it back to her roots, you know. And I, 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 I love the growth that she has. And I, I don't know about y'all, but I watch Black is King quite often, and that thing is still. <laughs> Gets me crying halfway, midway, because it's yeah. such a beautiful story. And as a Black woman, you know, watching that on screen, especially like, you know, the first time you're watching it on screen. But then I think I cried even more because my daughter was watching it and she didn't even know what was going on. But she just know that she was looking at girls that look like her. And she was like, mommy, princesses. And I said, yes. That's what you are. That's what they are too. Yeah. She didn't even know what it was. She just said, Black princesses. And I said, You got it, honey. Mm -hmm. Two years old. It's incredible. It's incredible because if it wasn't for that catalyst, like we wouldn't have got Haley as, as the Little Mermaid. I guarantee right. that. Like that was in that deal, somewhere right. in that deal. She said, Well, I know y'all getting ready to cook up the Little Mermaid and I, I've got your leading lady. Thank so you, you. You don't need to cast it. Thank you. I, I, I feel like that was part of that deal. But yeah. I mean, just what she has done is mm -hmm. the stuff that they don't talk about. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like incredible. Like and and more and stuff that she hasn't said. More stuff that nobody don't even know <laughs> that right? she has done. I'm sure she has done a hundred times. Closed doors. Yeah, for sure. And then like it's, sorry. Mm -hmm. No, you're good. You're good. Um, she's really surpassed her role models when you talk about tina turner mm -hmm. okay and and what she accomplished and diana ross right mm -hmm. who who opened the door but i'm talking about beyonce by the time it's done she's going to take us to mars like literally has set a new standard for black women mm -hmm. because of her legacy which she is still writing to this day it's it's incredible to watch like that many people in a stadium to see a black woman perform Okay. Yeah. And this album is incredible because what she's done is kind of fused together R&B and the house sound, right? Which <laughs> is culturally a gay sound. Okay. 
she has brought those communities together in a way that I don't think has been done since the 90s. Like, you know what I mean? Like in in on this big of a scale, like it's incredible to watch like mm-hmm. the unity out there because we really are all on the same side. Like you said earlier, we really need to work together. If we're going to defeat the big bad, okay? If we're going to get rid of Palpatine, we're going to need everybody. There you go. We need everybody. I don't care who you are. I need you. Okay? I need you. <laughs> okay? We need to work together on this one because, you mm-hmm. know, um, we in danger, girl. <laughs> so uh, if you're in Ohio, vote no on this. Thank you. That's my little PSA <laughs> for that. Um, just, just do it. You'll be better off. Um, but yeah, it was incredible. And then we turn around and we saw Post Malone. Mm-hmm. Post Malone is not somebody I would have gone to see, but uh, my husband wanted to go see him. And it was a birthday gift to him. It was a gift to him. Um, okay. And it was incredible. I had I no idea. Entertainer. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Like pyro, live music, like mm-hmm. the girls on the violin. Like, you know, there mm-hmm. was no DJ. Nowhere. Okay. Oh. Like he did that. He he attempted a two step. Excuse me. <laughs> but you know what? I give a B for effort. He went out there and he tried some things. Okay. There He's like, go. well, what if I do this? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Okay. I, I felt like I got my money's worth. There you know. You go. Yeah. Um. You know. Rhythm is not a gift that everyone has. That's okay. You can clap your hands. You know, you can. You know, he he was doing some stuff. I don't know what that was, but he was. You know, oh shoot, looked like Squidward out there. I was like, okay, Squidward, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) But he he didn't let it stop him. Nope. It was not a hindrance. That is crazy. He was like, no, I'm going to have a good time tonight. I was like, yes. let's go. And then, you know, he takes his shoes off at the end and he gives them to somebody. No, I didn't at know that. just about every show. And they were brand new J's. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's a wonderful good. way to give back um, mm-hmm. to the community. Like, it was just a really positive vibe. And you could tell that he was very sincere mm-hmm. about what he was saying. Um, so thank you, Mr. Malone, um, mm-hmm. for your wonderful performance. Uh, but yeah, it was it was interesting. But yeah, it's just just a different, very different show um, than what I was expecting. So I was like, okay, because you know, Post Malone that I listened to is a rapper. That's the individual that I heard. But when I went to the concert, Post Malone was a rock star. Yeah, because he switched over. He became mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So it was it was interesting. Like I'm halfway through the song and I don't know I'm listening to the song. Until he like, I'm like, oh, we're here. All right, cool. All right, I'm with you. You know, it, it was very interesting. It was very interesting. But I love it, though. I love things that are not what you expect them to be. And even mm-hmm. if uh, it's not what I expect it to be, I find a way to find the magic in it, mm-hmm. you know, to discover something about it. So it was, it was a wonderful show. Um, then we turned around, and what happened after that? Uh, 50, right? Is it 50? Yes. Cents? Are we there? Yeah. Okay. So then last night, I went to see uh, 50 Cent, right? And that was great. DJ was good. Jeremiah opened. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with him, 
he does a lot of auto-tune stuff, but um, he can actually sing. So I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> it's an artistic choice. It well, must be. It's gotta be. Apparently he couldn't sing during the verses, but okay. <laughs> it's gotta be. Like, I heard the man live. Like, he was on the piano and everything. Like, he can play. Like, it was... It's good. I'm like, so why? Okay. Why? I'm I'm very confused by it because when I think about the top five like males in R and B, he doesn't even come up. Like his name is nowhere in the conversation. But he could sing. Like, and he looked great. You know, um, he's got a lot of bops though. He does. Indeed, he's got a lot of bops. Indeed, he has bops. Confirmed. Um, and I was just really confused by it because, you know, you think of those guys, Usher, John Legend, you know, Maxwell, you know, your your Neos, you know. I don't consider Chris mm-hmm. Brown a singer. He can't sing. He's he's just a everything. To me, like when I'm checking for men that can sing, like that's, he's not, um, he's something else. He's a great dancer, gifted dancer, mm-hmm. but vocal is not his gift. Um, I appreciate him for really? coming. I appreciate him for making the trip, but um, maybe the younger, yeah, maybe about now, but the younger one, yeah, he can sing. The younger Chris Brown can sing. I don't know what's been going on over the years, but younger Chris Brown, he can sing. I don't know. Mm. You know, I call him at everything, but yeah, it was weird. It was weird that Jeremiah was so good live, but his music doesn't really reflect the actual performance. I think the performance was way better than what we got um, on the album. But another confusing thing that happened. Um, and then Busta Rhymes came out. Busta, always great. Oh my God. Like he did that okay. first verse of look at me now and I got to get away, get away. You know, I'm like, oh my God. And it's like mind blowing to watch live. I love it. And it's like 90 degrees out there. And he's in a three piece yellow Gucci suit. And just wiping the sweat away. Mm-hmm. Right. Amazing. And I'm like, God bless this man. <laughs> Like, he what are you care. doing? He loves like, Sir, it. You, you can remove your jacket. You don't have to be mm-hmm. fancy for me. Like, <laughs> that man could have put on some sweat shorts and, you know, and it would have been all right. He it was wild. Care. I was just like, why is he? And mm. he was suited and put It was nice. It's a very lovely suit. Top to bottom. It was pressed. You know how we come, you know, and, and it was it was lovely, but it wasn't needed. You know, it was just and the yellow and yellow snappers on too. And I'm just like, good lord, mm-hmm. sir. You don't need that to come here. It's Ohio. Like, ah! <laughs> you could have walked out on in sandals. Like, it's fine. It's Ohio. It's not, you know, it's not Mecca. It's it's you know, we're not talking about Atlanta, you know. It, we mm-hmm. got way more than we deserved. <laughs> it was oh. just wild. Uh, but he he did He's a so lot of clips of his songs. I don't think he did a full song for anything, but I think that was due to timing. Like the timing of the show was really kind of wonky. And then before I knew it, mm-hmm. I blinked and 50 Cent was on stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gives an amazing performance. Pyro, lights, confetti, you name it. Uh, fireballs, mm-hmm. um, smoke. Um, naked women, half naked women, um, pole dancers. Yeah. I just have to 50 cent knows where to find the most beautiful women. Yeah. The music video for PIMP 
has the hottest women I have ever seen in any music video. Right. And mm-hmm. how old is it? Like it's been around for so long. Yeah, and when so I'm feeling like, when I feel like looking at some beautiful women, I just go to you. <laughs> right. It's incredible. Like the dancers were gorgeous and mm-hmm. uh age appropriate. And yeah, it just it was great. Like it was a great production. And then Crack a Bottle comes on. And because I had been checking my phone periodically and they said that he was on the move, uh, I for five seconds thought he was coming out and became hysterical. And there was Did literally you almost n- catch an anxiety attack. Oh my God. <laughs> like my heart was beating out of my chest. I got real sweaty. I'm like, oh my God, he's coming. He's here. You know. Um, I do expect that 50 Cent will drop a live stream of his concert at some point in time. There were so many cameras capturing footage. So I I do think at some point that will be released to the public. I don't know why, but I think it will happen. Um, But yeah, it's incredible. No. Any G? No. Mm -hmm. It was just him and the hype guy. I don't know. I don't think they introduced him. They may have, Mm -hmm. but like I said, it was like the drop of a hat and he was on stage. I had to run back with my pretzel, like, <laughs> cause I'm, you know, I'm starving. We didn't have time to eat before we went um, because my makeup was just like melting off and I had to do a new face. Oh, and oh, um, I got that Juvia's Place blush cream and it, the shade was not working for me. So I had to go oh. back to Ulta and I switched it up for the volume five blush duo palette. I know you mm-hmm. care about this listener. And um, I, that one worked a little bit better. But uh, okay. number four is beautiful. It's so beautiful. I got swept up in a TikTok hype. I really did. And I, I just knew that was going to work for me. I did. I just, I knew it. And it did not. It did not. <laughs> I loved it, but it did not love me. Not on a hot day. <laughs> it, it happens. You know, I, I have like a gold undertone, so. You know, it's not for everybody. And it, it's a cool, it's a cool tone palette. Let's be real about that. It, it really is. It's gorgeous. Not for me. So that happened. And uh, we got to 50. 50 was amazing. Um, you know, security's a bear. What are you going to do? They want to act like Hallmark. Come on, guy. I paid $150 for this ticket. Get out of here. Right. We paid. You know, what do you care? Act accordingly. <laughs> like, what do you care? Like, no one's fighting. Like, everybody's cool here. <sighs> But yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. I took a cute picture by the stage. Yeah. He didn't come out. He was somewhere else. But um, it started popping up on you know Reddit and Twitter that he was on the move. Mm. He, he was in Vegas um, for a boxing match. He walked mm. approximately about a foot and a half with the fighter and proceeded to take a seat. Oh. That was it. <laughs> That's it. That's all that happened. You know, um, and he probably got paid right. for walking a foot and a half. Mm. Okay. So it is what it is. Right. But, you know, it's the second time he's left his house in a month. So, I mean, hey, that we're getting closer to a tour. That's another step closer to a tour and or a show. Right. Um, so uh, keep hope alive, everybody. We're, we're going to get through this tough time together, yeah. together. as a family. We will. Mm. We really will. <laughs> For real, for real. Well, he's got a tour date for outside of Detroit, like a suburban area outside of Detroit. And I, I hope he'll be there, but I didn't get tickets for that show because it wasn't on the list. Oh. So. So it was added it late? I, I like think so. Oh. If if it was, I didn't see it. If it was there already, I didn't notice it. 
Mm. But um, yeah, it's, it didn't say Detroit. It says something else outside mm-hmm. of Michigan. And Michigan's big, so. I would love to see an Eminem concert. Girl, oh wouldn't God. we all? Wouldn't we all? Okay. I'm I'm so glad I saw him at the Hall of Fame because that might be it. That might yeah. be the last performance ever. That one with Ed Sheeran, I was like, that one was really good. Yeah, that was really good. Ed Sheeran was amazing. It's like the second time I've seen them two perform yeah. on stage, but this time it seemed they seemed very friends. You yeah. know, like it was just real comfortable with them too. Incredible. Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, footnote: The fighter did win that fight. Just in I case anyone was name. wondering, like <laughs> it was, it was so cute to watch his little Instagram post. Like when your hero tells you you can do something, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was really cool. <laughs> um, so thank you, cool. sir, for showing up. Uh, we really appreciate you for leaving the house. Yeah. He don't your leave the house very point. often. Your outfits were on point. They were good. You did a great job. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Oh, my outfit. I thought yeah, you were yeah. home. I'm like no. he, he's always got the same black he's jacket always, on. Yeah, <laughs> no, he doesn't change his outfit, but he always never. Good. But he, you know, and and he's not flashy. You know what I mean? Like he it's always sweatpants, very humble. Like you know, he might have a pair of J's on. Like that's the most fancy, a hundred dollar pair of sneakers. Like okay, like you won't see him in a suit. Like very very rarely does he wear a suit or you mm-hmm. know what i mean like very humble but he don't need to this is cool just the way he is oh be quiet <laughs> we're not gonna get into that side of things i'm gonna keep us out of the gutter we're not gonna get into all that tonight but um yes he is very easy to look at yes that <laughs> a mess give that side eye honey <laughs> well you know uh, but yeah, so I wore my mesh shirt in the Marshall Mathers Elk show. Yeah. Did that. But yeah, and then tomorrow, no, by the time this comes out to you, listener, can you hear that? That sound. It's the sound of me clapping my ass at the Ludacris concert. You stupid. Enjoy! <laughs> <laughs> so um, Luda is the last show on uh, Hot Girl Summer Tour. I would love to see that. 2023. I'll bring back footage. You need to. Um, but yeah, and and, yeah. what and it Busta. is right now, Busta, what it is right now. Oh my God. I was, <laughs> I was in it. I was in it. Like for him to come all the way to Ohio is such amazing. That's a blessing. And I don't use that word very often because I'm not at all religious, mm-hmm. but wow. Like, yeah. cause he's such a New Yorker. Dude like, doesn't tried, need to do yeah. anything. Like he does literally like he just went into the hall of fame. Uh, the BET Hall of Fame. Like he, he doesn't need to do anything. Even that performance, I loved. Oh my god! Like every song that he did, ugh, it's just always so good to he- see him and Spliff on mm-hmm. stage. But it's just, uh, it's every the reason why I think he always does it in clips. It's not just to the time too, but if you think about it, that a lot of his greatest songs is probably his features. <laughs> Which is the reason why he keeps taking them and cutting them and putting it into the show. It's just like the one with uh, "Look at Me Now." That's not his song, <laughs> but that's it the best. Sure that's ain't. the best verse on there. <laughs> it really is. My God, if it's not the ver- best verse in all of hip hop, like because oh, he did not take right. a breath. He did not take a breath when he went, and we saw he- it live, just like Rap God. Mm-hmm. Like bang, it was. Mm-hmm. 
bars, 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 punchline, punchline, punchline. Like he did not stop. It was insane. Even his song with him and Eminem, like that is just a testament that them two is just. They're and just I don't so know who won. Good. And I don't no. know who won. Like they're the winner is hip hop. Like right. Like because they both. But did you put hear? Their heart did you hear the whole? That. Yeah. Did you hear how that song, <laughs> like, finally came to be? Which before one? they um, what is it? This the song that's on Buster's um album that he did. Not oh dangerous. God. No. Oh, Extinction Level Event Two, mm-hmm. I believe. It's the last one that he did. I forgot the name of the song though, but Calm he down. was saying that how about him down? and M. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's the song. Man. Yeah, and he said that. Yeah, you know, gave him the gave him my verse, and then he comes back with three more extra bars, and then I said, "All right, oh, I can see what you're doing now." And then he comes back five extra bars, and then so it just kept this tip for tat in the bars, and then. Next thing you know, they had like over 80 bars <laughs> on their verses. And then he's like, all right, now <laughs> we need to figure this out. Like we need to put put the verse on the song. And then they finally, you know, came to terms on to which, uh, which bars to put onto the song. But I thought it was cute because it was like a quiet um, battle like a rap battle between the two, yeah. you know, to see but who But very respectful, yeah, like, a lot of admiration very, between both of them. Yes. It's so yes. cool to and watch two of the greats. that's the most beautiful thing. Right. It's Ali and Frazier. Literally. You know what I mean? Like, literally. Yeah. Two of the greatest yeah. to have ever done it. And they're Just both still doing it. They're both in their 50s. And still doing it. Still doing it. Like, it's an incredible point in, in music history to watch hip-hop turn 50. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Like an art form that they said was a flash in the pan that, you know, was a bunch of Negroes just hip hopping on the corner has now turned into Mm -hmm. something, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's incredible. I don't know where we go from here, but I love the fact that like Busta and him are not ready to put down the mic. Like they're going to show us what it looks like to be 65 and still rapping. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Right. Because I I don't think you're too old to do that. Nope. Because even just how they showed the um, the celebration of it, first of all, MC Light is my favorite, favorite, favorite rapper. So I was so happy to see her. I don't care. She still looks the same to me. To see Big Daddy Kane, you know, to see um, Grandmaster Flash, to see like just everybody representing what became, like what started it. You know, to even see Dougie Fresh, to see, you know, it's just so amazing because the generation that we have now, they don't understand this. They don't. And sad to say that this generation sucks. <laughs> like, your music It's still sucks. new. It's still a new and art form. And I don't think they understand that. The hip hop wasn't always a thing. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it hasn't always been here. Like... And it, it has really humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we do need to appreciate that. Right. And that's the thing that they don't do, which is appreciate the ones that came before them. And I think there's been like this huge disconnect between the new rappers and the old rappers because the old rappers are like, man, y'all don't respect us. Like, what are y'all 
doing? You know, what are you doing to our music? Then you have the new rappers that are just taking their old music, the old rappers' music, and trying to recreate it into their own, but they're not understanding the craft of it and not understanding how to appreciate the sound and utilizing mm-hmm. it in a way that it will come out and be production uh, productive in the sound, in the way that it needs to be babied and carried. Though The ones that came before us, they were taking music from their time, but at least they appreciated the music. And then they tried to do it, you know, in a way that it pays homage to the original artists. And these rappers mm-hmm. now, they don't do that. And that really bothers me, <laughs> you know, that they will go ahead and take it and then not be respectful of, of it, of the right. sound. Well, and Prince predicted this. He mm-hmm. did an interview in the late 90s where he said, we're going to reach a point in time if sampling does not stop, where we will sample the sample that mm-hmm. has been sampled. Mm-hmm. And it's happening now. I don't know who it is. I heard it on the radio the other day. But Tupac's I Get Around has oh, no. been sampled. And that is a sample. Tupac sampled that. Right. So it is now a sample of a sample, sample. of a sample, mm-hmm. right? We have Prince predicted this years ago mm-hmm. that we would be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, conversely, on the other side of sampling, I want to say this: that there are some people that are doing sampling in a really great way. Mm-hmm. I want to take my hat off again to the women of hip hop, mm-hmm. um, Megan the Stallion, mm-hmm. sampling Salt and Pepper. Okay, like the women. Of course, like they're leading us in this new direction, right? Where females in rap are now rapping like men rapped in the 90s about men, the way they Mm -hmm. used to talk about us, you know? And it's so Mm -hmm. funny that now Uncle Luke's got so much to say, you know, it's it's wild to me. But again, I want to take my hat off to the women of hip hop uh, who have chosen to sample their own. Mm -hmm. They're no longer sampling men. They're sampling black women. Like, and I think that's an ingenious idea. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I challenge more rappers to sample Whitney Houston, Mary mm-hmm. J. Blige, to sample that stuff, you know, to go back and, and find Diana Ross and, you know, and pick those up. Cause mm-hmm. I think um, there's some really great work there, or even like a sample of No Doubt. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, cause Gwen's on our side, you know, she means well. Sometimes, you know, Asian culture trips her up, but, um, you know, she's a well-meaning person, um, you know, and sometimes that's the best you can hope for with folks. Uh, but uh, I would I would love to see more of that. So hats off to Megan, um, hats off to Cardi, you know, the folks who are, are choosing to sample within house because mm-hmm. we don't need them for a sample. I know Lotto has um, made some claims that there were some rappers who, you know, asked for some sexual favors in return for a sample. Mm-hmm. Not necessary. We, we can do it without it. We don't need it. We don't need it that bad. Like there's, there's stuff you might have to dig a little bit, but there's, there's other things out there or, you know, a Destiny's Child sample. That would always be hot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I challenge us to continue to, to go in that direction because it's really incredible to watch women in hip hop today like where we have moved 
is incredible. And it wouldn't be possible without Beyonce. You can say what you want. Beyonce is not a rapper. You can say whatever you want to say about her, but it wouldn't be possible without her. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be possible without Queen Latifah, without Missy Elliott. I mean, Everything that's being done right now is on the backbone of Missy Elliott. The Everything. The definition of where that rap comes from. I mean, you can even take it all the way back. I mean, I know everybody heard I Want to Be Down remix. Like that yes, whole entire rap from MC Light to Yo-Yo to mm-hmm. Queen Latifah. That's all Groundbreaking. <laughs> that was dirty before Little Kim. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's incredible. And Brandy herself. And Brandy like, herself paved the way for what we now know as the black girl next door. Like that wasn't even a thing. We weren't even considered the girl next door until Brandy. Right. Or else like you Brandy, wouldn't have a ha- Haley Bailey. Yeah. She wrote the book for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just remember who Incredible. was the first black Cinderella. Okay. All right. She did that. If you haven't seen The Little Mermaid, where have you been? I'm the only one. So I wait for Disney+. Plus. Oh, my God. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. That shirt's on sale right now. Half price. Go get it. Yes. Go get it. Run, don't walk. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that's all I have at this time. Closing uh, words from the ladies before we close up. You got something, in? Um, I just wanted to say that I am very grateful that Madonna has got through her health crisis. <laughs> You know, Maria got to have this wonderful hot girl summer going to all these concerts. And both of the concerts that I was looking forward to this summer are so. I'm glad she's okay. Yes. Because yes. yeah. Scott wanted to go see her. Yeah. And, and we're going to keep our tickets. We're going to hold our tickets. Yeah. Same with me. We still have our tickets, but it's like totally, it's probably going to be in the wintertime. Mm. Like the rumors are it's going to be like, she's going to be doing those dates like January, February, because originally the North American leg was supposed to be first and then Europe. And what they did was they just canceled all of North America. I know the tour is going to start in Europe, but it meant that instead of having to reschedule both legs, they only have to reschedule. So Mm, she basically just has like recuperation time until Mm -hmm. the original launch date for Europe happened. Well, I mean, she don't have to really do anything. She's Madonna. She can get out there. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like at this stage of the game. This is not the standard to which she holds herself, though. She used to make jokes about threatening to, like, go on tour with just, like, holding a flashlight under her chin on stage, you know? (laughs) But people would go. She, she yeah, of course. Do it. <laughs> but she would never. She's she never gonna let it. herself. She's never gonna let herself. Act. She would ki- like. She would hate herself if she's yeah. not moving around on that stage. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just no way. Yeah, she yeah. got to be a hundred percent to do it. Mm-hmm. But she could. She would still get paid. Mm-hmm. But she's oh. she's the last of that that generation. Really, I mean, Michael's gone. Prince yep. is gone. Yeah, like she, she talks. She talks about them all the time. Yeah, even just today, she mentioned Michael in her in her Instagram post. It's gotta hurt. It's gotta hurt. I've been introducing yeah. Ahsoka to Michael because mm-hmm. he was right. He was right about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really was right about a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other show I was supposed to go to was Christine and the Queens. Like such an inspiring artist to me. Like I remember when I first heard her. Yeah. Well, he uses really he him pronouns now. Oh, oh, like, really? Now? I'm yeah. Sorry. No. I'm, you okay. know what? It's it's been a, it's uh he's transitioned sort of very publicly like okay um like it, 
and and he it's very interesting his relationship like he actually talks very openly about his relationship to his dead name and about his relationship to his body like he, he doesn't feel like he needs a lot of interventions and um and he still uses his his dead name with his family because he feels like it's an important part of his heritage so it's he's really doing a lot of really cool like revolutionary things with gender that haven't been seen before so mm-hmm. i think it's natural that like you know the public is going to kind of catch up piece by piece you know and like and I'm very familiar with the journey that he's been on because I'm often on his um, YouTube channel Mm. and uh, like I follow him on on Twitter Um, so and he's been sort of tweeting a lot about where he's been going you know moving from like being female presenting and using female feminine pronouns to being non-binary and now identifying with masculine pronouns um and he's chosen a different name he goes by red now Mm -hmm. um you know i i I think you can use chris occasionally but he he's expressed on twitter that he prefers red so that's how you refer to him but he's still touring as christine and the queens because I think to him, even from the beginning of, of this project, you know, being a musician and presenting like music and performance, mm-hmm. um, Christine and the Queens was always kind of like a more of a concept. Mm-hmm. It was never supposed to represent like be like a one-to-one relationship of him. Like mm-hmm. he didn't expect people to call him like Christine and stuff, you know? Right. So um, I think he's, he's very comfortable performing under that name for the time being. Okay. Um, but yeah, like he was supposed to, it. he was supposed to be playing um, as part of the Montreal jazz festival last month. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited to see him perform again because he is the best live performer I have ever seen. Okay. I have seen, I've seen Madonna over 10 times. I have wow. seen Prince. I, yeah, I, like I love going to live music shows. I have been to so Same. many of them and Christine and the Queens. So for one thing, the first time I saw him was opening for Marina and the Diamonds. I had never heard of him before. I had no idea who he was. I had seen people mm-hmm. being kind of excited online of being like, oh my gosh, it's in the Queens. And I was like, mm, okay, this is interesting. Never heard of him before. Never heard any of his songs. By the second song, I was like a super fan for life. Like wow. seeing him perform live mm-hmm. is mind blowing. And then I went to see him when the album called Chris came out. And he was using sort of the persona of Chris. And that show is like, it's going to live forever in my mind. It's like burned in memory. Mm. And like, and, and it'll let, I mean, obviously like no, no, no disrespect to Prince. Like Prince is definitely like in my top five. Yeah. But like that show like bumped him like, just above Prince. Like the way wow. that he uses the way he uses um, contemporary dance as part of his performance mm-hmm is extremely refreshing and and it adds a lot to the sort of landscape of life performance because again like no shade whatsoever all respect uh, but it is undoubtable that since the 90s hip-hop style dancing has been the predominant style that's presented during performance Mm -hmm. which is i mean for a good reason because it's amazing and has Mm -hmm. such like an important like rich history um you know, and is so appeal, very visually appealing, you know, 
But um, I think what happens, you know, like nobody wants to eat the same kind of potato all the time. Mm-hmm. Like eating mashed potatoes, like all the time, every time. Like sometimes you want a French fry, yeah. you know? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I found it really amazing and refreshing to see contemporary dance be brought into the pop sphere in a way that it never had before. Mm. Like never had been used. I mean, Kate Bush to, to an extent was doing okay, it yeah. in the eighties uh, because Kate Bush was interestingly, both Kate Bush and Madonna started their careers as dancers. And then yes, I knew Madonna player. did. I didn't know yeah, that. But mm-hmm. Kate Bush did as well. I didn't that know that. That was actually mm-hmm. her first art was dance. Um, dance. And that's why you mm-hmm. get all these cool performances, like when she performed like violin live and mm-hmm. did these wacky movements. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like, um, you know, so Kate, Kate Bush was kind of doing a, doing a little bit of that, but you know, because her career was relatively short, um, you know, we didn't get to see a lot. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, seeing Christine and the Queens and the, their use of contemporary dance in performance is just, like, it's totally revolutionary. And, like, any, like I would recommend that anybody go see it. Um, mm-hmm. So, the next concert that I'm going to is Janelle Monet. Hey! That's that right! not be canceled. <laughs> Man. Oh, my God. I'm so, I'm so jealous. Love it. I'm so, so jealous. Love it. Ooh. Maybe they yeah. get tickets on the secondary market. Right? right? Well, I gotta have money. I'm broke right now. Right. <laughs> yes, meet me in the corner and I'll be uh, giving hand jobs for about 50 bucks a pop. Oh my you gosh. Know. Where do I sign? So there's Where that. do I sign up? Give me your Venmo. Ah, I didn't say they'd be good hand jobs. <laughs> I said I would offer one. Ah, okay. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so but that's I, I about, hope, that's, wow. Yeah. That's, That's going to be a great show. Yeah. So in, so instead Ooh. of actually going to these cool concerts and, you know, jumping up and down with a bunch of sweaty bodies, I've just been dreaming about it happening in September at Ginomone. Instead, I just, you know, go to a terrace and have a beer with me. <laughs> That's not bad either. Not tiki bad. bar. A friend, a friend has recently started taking me out to this tiki bar that we have downtown mm. that doesn't have air conditioning, though. Oh, so. no. Yeah. <laughs> the summer's been great for me. I've been able to get out a little bit, which is nice. Um, yeah. And then I turn old. Yeah. I will officially be old next month. I will have a birthday, at which point, <laughs> I guess I'll have to get a cane. Oh, no. At I'll the be beginning the one or to the get end a cane of the before month. you. Where in the August twenty fourth, I will be old. Uh, you are a Virgo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's awful, but there's nothing I can do about it at this point. Like I have to embrace age, so it is what it is. I'm grateful to have most of my teeth and to not look too old. I'm still grappling with the fact that I'm one year closer to forty. So same. Like, 40 is nothing to fear, trust me. When you no, start becoming no. a middle-aged crone, you start caring a lot less what other people Yeah, oh, trust, I don't. <laughs> Girl, somebody tried to shame that- me at 50. Like, she was trying to throw shade. And she's like, I don't know how you get out like that. I don't, I, I could never, I could never. I'm like, you want to know what the secret is? I don't give a f- Right. I ain't give. You gonna call yeah, me a hoe regardless I if I have a trash bag on, right? When I when I had my daughter, I lost all of my shame, all of it. Right, like there's there's nothing <laughs> oh else that God. could be more embarrassing. The than things like I have done. People look at me. The things I have there. done. 
I have literally eaten a goldfish cracker that fell on the ground because I knew otherwise my child would do it. And I would rather people judge me for eating food off the ground than my child. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you just, you know. I, yeah. No, I let her do it. Go ahead. <laughs> it's your five second rule. We do do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. It depends on who's watching. Yeah. Like she dropped <laughs> the donut. I was like, pick that up. <laughs> What's yeah. going on here? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've right. taken my top off in public. Because my daughter oh, needed that shirt. Yep, there you go. There you go. And mm -hmm. you know, she she peed her her pants like what three years old? Give her a break. Yeah, like, I, come on, guys. That's what three year olds do. Come on, if right. you can't pee your pants when you're three years old, what can you do? Come on, Whoa. right? <laughs> and the faces and the judgment. You know, she she almost drowned in a lake once, and I had to take my sweater off mm. and wrap her in it. So mm -hmm. she wouldn't freeze to death because it was January in Ohio and she mm -hmm. fell into a freezing lake. Oh no. And the judgment from people was just like, never mind, this is a life or death decision. <laughs> like it's wild. Right. I literally like had to walk her all the way back to the car. It was like a five, seven minute walk mm -hmm. in bitter January. Yeah. Fun times. Give mm -hmm. moms a break. <laughs> How about That's that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Give us a totally fucking agree. break. Get off our dicks. Oh, Find something to do. Literally. Crochet, <laughs> macrame, watercolor. <laughs> Find something to do. Seriously. Oh, um uh, oh, Sinead O'Connor was a was a genius. Yeah. Oh, I was about to say. And she was right. Go watch the video for No Man's Woman if you're listening to this. Pause it. And go to YouTube and watch No Man's Woman. There's a shot of her when she's in the car behind the steering wheel. And it's just like close up on her face. She is so beautiful. Beautiful. I watched her interview recently of her went back when she was on like Good Morning Britain or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she talked about so many things. And she, she talked about what it was like you know, to join the, the, you know, the sisterhood of Islam and um, just everything about her was so grounded and so accepting, so loving. Like there was nothing like hard or defensive about her. And I, I found that very disarming. And also I feel like more people need to see her in that way because I think her, that was her image that a lot of people projected onto her during her career was that she was this very like hard, aggressive, punky, defensive person. And they kind of, um, they denied her the, the tenderness, the vulnerability that she had. Yes. And I, I feel like those were such important qualities to her work. And I feel like, you know, denying the existence of those of those things in her was an injustice that was done to her. Oh, yes. The media really tried to strip her of her femininity. Mm -hmm. They yeah. really did that. They really did that. And I don't even know why. I think it was because she started speaking out against the Catholic Church. But they really did a number on her. Like, they... I don't know why they were so, they were on her. Like they were obsessed. They were obsessed. I don't I understand that. I believe at that time, I I think at that time, wasn't there like a few artists that was like the total opposite of her? Because at that time they were given so much, so much comfort towards like Alanis Morissette. Um, I forgot the other ones that came around during that time. Only because those artists was considered like the sweethearts, the girl next door. Sinead was not one of those. 
and yeah, she always accepted. continued to be the more, you know, like she really wasn't aggressive though. She wasn't even hard. Mm-hmm. She was just being who she was. She the was good thing authentic. about it is that she was very authentic, yes. very raw. And that's the difference. Um, and very apo- unapologetic. That's what it was. And because of her being that way, it was a white woman being that way. Right. Because they weren't used to all that. those other times. It's always us black women because in their eyes, oh, we're the ones <laughs> that created this staple. No, any woman can be unapologetic. But the minute that it becomes one of their own, now nah, now we got to break her down. Mm-hmm. And that's they what went they, after that. They woman. went after her. They literally pitchforks and and torches in the night. I I just mm-hmm. I was shocked. I was like, wow, is she black? Right. Like they went after her. Like yeah. Whoa. But she. <laughs> but wow. I always I always have respect to her. I respect her music, and I respect everything that she she stood for and believed in. And Very candid. One of one of the things that always have resonated with me over the years was that she never stopped being who she was for nobody. It didn't matter, and you could tell that she's probably have cried a couple of times, you know, behind closed doors or whatever. But at the end of the day, it was I'm only being me. I don't know how else to. What else do you want me to do? And she just always kept doing that throughout the years. Yeah. You know, she lived just, her truth. She lived it. She really did. She lived, really lived it. Really sad that her son passed away and then she did too. Yeah. So that that right there yeah, was, was horrible. Was pretty, that sucked. Yeah. Um, you know. And yeah. the the other recent passing was Tony Bennett and 94 passed away. What a long wonderful, life. Wonderful. And he was the very, very, very last singer in his era to have made it this far and lived a long and prosperous life. That was like literally the epitome of what a distinguished gentleman is and will always be. That man has lived past Billie Holiday, Dinah Washington, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. It's, it's insane. So, you know, to, to have that kind of legacy is nothing short of amazing. I always tell people you have got to watch the documentary of him putting this whole uh, duet album together because the one that stood out was him and Amy Winehouse, if anybody has seen it. And it was the most incredible interaction between them two. Um, He knew what she was going through. He even expressed it. He wanted to talk to her about it. But he didn't want to scare her off. But the thing that blew him away was when she sang Body and Soul in three different versions in front of him and his brother. Three. So she was he, legendary. She was. Wow. And they and when he stood there and watched her, like she even said, Wait, no, I don't like that. Can I just try it again? And then he's like, Yeah, sure, go ahead. And then she goes ahead and sings it again and sings it in a whole different version, but still the same way. And he's like, oh, shoot. That's and artistry. Then, and he looked at his brother and was like, you you know who that sound like, right? And then he said, yeah. So then she's like, what are you talking about? And then he's like, I'm going to tell you a story. So she he goes ahead and tells her the story. And then he's so she's like, well, who is that? And then he's like, that's Dinah. Dinah Washington? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that's who you sound like. Wow. And, and he said, don't stop being who you are, but don't let those, don't let those demons take you because mm-hmm. that's what it did to her. But you sound just like her. She could sing a song in multiple different ways and still be on key. And they went ahead and put it on her compilation album. Oh. There's two different versions of Body and Soul on her compilation album. And it still sounds good. So I would say take a listen to that. Because just them two interacting, it was like he was transported back in time. You could just see it on his face. And he was like, you are jazz. Like, you are a jazz singer. You are what we need need in this generation now. Mm -hmm. So very tough that she couldn't live longer than that. Very tough. And that always hurt because I think the whole idea was that I think he wanted to do the album with Amy, Mm -hmm. but it ended up going to Lady Gaga. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so rest in peace to Sinead O'Connor. Rest in peace to Tony Bennett. Never yeah. be forgotten. Never. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you for listening, listener. Yeah. We'll see you next month. And if you're going to be a parent, be a parent like Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> right? <laughs>